Okay, guys, we're in what is the second part of uh, Leviticus. I told you we were going to take it in two parts. The first part was about approaching God, how Israel was to approach God primarily through the sacrifices. The second part now has to do with Levitical laws concerning practical holiness, about them being a holy people and how things were supposed to operate and so forth. And these laws covered not just the religious aspect of their life and going to the temple, but they were very much had to do with their morality and then how they were to function as a civil society, okay? Especially as they're out in the wilderness, okay? So some of these laws don't seem to make sense, but when you understand their context you will understand them. Now, I thought that I would take this whole second session, chapter 17 through 27, uh, in one lesson so that we can move on to numbers, but I'll be honest with you, there's just so much here that we're going to have to take it in two lessons, okay? So uh, we're looking at one more week of Leviticus after this, and then we'll get into numbers. Now, again, this week we're not going to have fill-in-the-blank sheets, so basically, I'm going to give you some outlines of how the passage flows, and uh, we will then uh, give you an opportunity at the end to answer a couple of questions. I'll answer your questions as we go, okay? Which, by the way, as I'm going through this, if you've got a question, just, just raise your hand or yell at me, okay? Don't throw anything, but yell at me, okay? All right, so let's talk about it. We're going to start, first of all, with laws concerning um, sacrifice and the eating of meat, all right? So they had laws concerning the eating of meat, all right? So we're going to see that there are four specific areas that that is uh, given here concerning this issue. starts off in chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. There was a requirement, a law, a commandment, that the domestic animals, which would be cows, sheep, goats, were only to be killed at the tabernacle. Now, remember, the tabernacle was central, and that's where they went to make sacrifices and worship to God. But you're talking about a million people, and it's an agrarian-type culture where you have lots of herds of cattle and sheep and goats, and so the law now is given that they are to kill their animals at the tabernacle, one central location. All right? Does that seem weird to you? Or Brad says that seems weird. Brad, why do you think that's weird? Okay, it just seems odd. Anybody else? Well, this isn't sacrifice. This is if you want a, a T-bone steak, a New York strip, okay, or me a burger. You know, do you know what I'm saying? You you gotta sacrifice. You gotta take care of that animal. At the you gotta process it. We know what processing is. You gotta process it at the tabernacle. You gotta kill it and everything there. Why? Why do you think that is? Uh, make sure. Uh, Spiritually clean. Okay, yeah, okay, that's, well, yeah, because it's the law now, okay. Uh, dealing with the blood, uh, yeah, you kind of had a question mark there, Bruce. How about a more practical method? If you've got a million people camping, 
because they're camping. And everybody slaughters their animal everywhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it becomes a cleanliness issue. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because, all right, like when we hunt deer, we, we, if you process it yourself, you're doing it at your house, right? But we're not living in close, close proximity to each other. Plus, we're disposing of whatever we're not keeping from that animal, right? They're in the desert. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So it only makes sense from a practical civil, this is more of a civil law, do you understand, that they have one central location because they're already processing the, the um, disposal of bodies there anyhow from animals. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there would be things that would be being burnt outside of the tabernacle. Okay? So it only makes sense. All right? Then there's the requirement to offer sacrifices. That's verses 8 and 9. Verses 10 and 12 of chapter 17, there once again, this is stress over and over. Sort of like keeping a Sabbath. It's like the third time now we've seen them say, don't eat blood. Don't eat blood. Now, why do you think he keeps stressing that point with him? Why do you think he keeps stressing that point with him? Don't eat blood. And there's not a spiritual answer to this, although it is a spiritual reason. It's kind of contradictory, George. What are you talking about? All right, I'll tell you. Because that's what the pagan cultures around them were doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are to be a separate people. Do you understand what I'm saying? There'd be a separate people. All right, let's go on. And they even had, <laughs> they had laws concerning what to do when you're hunting game. Because you might be saying, okay, well, George, what if I'm out there and I'm going after a nice, whatever the whitetail version is in, in Palestine and in Sinai there, do I got to take that to the tab? Well, they had laws concerning how to handle the hunting of game and the processing of that, okay? Well, God's thinking of everything here, isn't he? Okay? So that's the first one. Laws about eating for sacrifice and eating meat. Let's go on. The next section has to do with, we're going to look at several things here in this next session. It has to do with laws for morality and not conforming to pagan practices. Okay, so not conforming to the practices of the people in Canaan and everything. All right, so let's go through that. First of all, they had laws restricting sexual relationships. We see that in chapter 18, verses 1 to 30. So let's go through these. So first of all, as he's introducing these laws about sexual relationships and what they can and cannot do, there is an introduction in chapter 18, verses 1 to 5. The very next thing that they are restricting in verse 6 through 18 of chapter 18 is, is there's prohibitions against incestuous unions. So incest now is forbidden. Brother can't marry sister. Okay? Now, before was this an issue? Think about when Adam and Eve had kids. Was this an issue back then? 
No, I mean, if there was going to be humanity, that needed to happen, right? If you start out with two people. But now by the time of the law, that has changed. Now, why has that changed, okay? Well, there's an interest. Answers in Genesis, I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, is a good resource if you would like to look up questions sometimes about uh, science and, and the Bible. And Answers in Genesis, just look that up, Google that, you'll come to their site. Well, they, they have an interesting... Uh, explanation that because, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but genes over time are deteriorating. It's not that we get better. That's what evolution likes to say, we get better. Actually, we don't. So in the beginning, when you had two people, the inter intermarriage thing didn't matter. But now, when you have intermarriage, what is often the result? Deformity, you know what I'm saying? Uh, health issues for the child and so forth. Why? Because of the, of the corruption of genes. Do you understand? And, and, and so forth. That didn't exist in the beginning. It now, by this time, is saying, no, we can't do that. Okay? God is saying no. So again, God's law is not just don't do this. He's got a reason for it, right? He's got a reason for it. All right? All right, go ahead. You mean, like, now? Who would you say is? Well, here's the thing. They're pretty much spread out everywhere. So they that doesn't happen that often now, Brett, uh, John. You won't see that they'll just marry somebody from a royal family. Because there aren't very many royal families anymore, okay? Uh, and you'll see, you know, so it used to be, but there was more of them. And, more, and when you talk about of royalty... Uh, that would be spread out to counts and dukes and everything. And so in some countries where they had royalty, like Germany or England, there was a big pool of people that you could draw from. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. But also, some of, if you look at English history, some of the kings were considered mad, crazy. So remember King George from our history? King George had mental health issues. Did you understand what I'm saying? He was considered a mad king. Okay? Not that he was angry. I'm sure he was. But I mean, uh, do, do you understand? So do, do you see what I'm saying now, John? Okay? All right. All right, let's go on. Um, warnings, prohibitions concerning Canaanite sexual deviations. Okay? So this has to do with um, having sex with a woman during her, there's a prohibition here, having sex with her when she's in her uncleanness, okay? Which that could be having to do with that time of the month for her, or if she is unclean because of childbirth. This was forbidden here. Bestiality is forbidden. Homosexuality is forbidden here. Do you understand? So these are laws that are specifically made mention of here. And then in verses 24 through 30, we see uh, a warning against disobedience concerning these laws. Okay? There's a warning here concerning disobedience concerning these laws. Okay? So then the next section is um, chapter 19. We're going to see laws promoting holiness 
before God and man. Okay? Laws promoting holiness before God and man. So chapter 19, verses 1 to 2, is basically the call to Israel to be holy as he is holy. Okay? There's a call there. So uh, he goes on from there, and I'm going to uh, go through these because this is a pretty extensive long list of what holiness meant. Okay? So first of all, the religious requirements of that we find in verses 3 through 10. Here's what you'll find there. Number one, honoring your parents. Very first thing that's mentioned. They're to honor their parents. Okay? Number two, keeping the Sabbath. He's mentioned that a lot now. Remember, though, the Sabbath was representative of what? The relationship, the covenant that God had made with, with Israel. Third thing you're going to see there is laws about not having any other gods. You can't worship any other gods. You can't create any other gods. Okay? All right. So then we see some regulations concerning the peace offering. All right? Peace offering. You also see some laws there about care for the poor. Now, what do you mean care for the poor? Well, if they're planting a field, they're not to harvest every single thing from the field but they're to allow for things to be in certain parts of the field so that the poor can come and glean, is what they call it. Take from it. Or if you have an orchard, don't take all the apples. Leave some apples for who? The poor. Okay? Um, in chapter 19, verses 11 through 12, we see laws concerning being a good neighbor. What does it mean to be a good neighbor? Okay? So here they are. Number one, don't steal. All right, don't steal. Pretty straightforward. It's in, it's in the Ten Commandments as well. Here's one, don't lie. Don't lie. Hey, lying, does, is that a benefit to relationships or does that tear them down? Yeah, it kind of hurts things, doesn't it? Let's go on. Don't swear or profane the name of the Lord. I think we all know that one, right? You know, uh, how many of you had an aunt tell you, don't take the name, Lord's name in vain? You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe your mama told you that or your grandmother, okay? Uh, don't cheat your neighbor is the next one, okay? Don't cheat your neighbor. Here's one. Don't hold your workers' wages. What does that mean, George? Well, the text is very clear. What that means is, is if you have people working for you, and in their culture, they pay them at the end of the day, you can't say to them, well, show up tomorrow, I'll give it to you then. And sometimes they would do that to make sure the workers would come back. Do you understand what I'm saying? They would hold their wages. Or they would hold the wages because they're making a profit off of the wages. Do you understand? So we're talking about, don't do that. Okay? Don't do that. Here's one. Don't mistreat the disabled. Scripture is very clear here about the mute, the deaf, the blind. Don't mistreat them. It also says that you're to judge others in righteousness. Alright, if you're going to judge someone, judge them in righteousness. So these are laws about being a good neighbor. You think they're pretty good laws, folks? Now we kind of understand these on our own, right? Let's go on. Do not gossip. Okay? Don't be a tale bearer, 
is what it says here, okay? Don't gossip. We understand that one, right? Okay? We understand that one. Do not bear false witness, okay? That is, if you're testifying against your neighbor or something, don't tell a lie. Tell the truth. Don't bear a false witness. Here, don't hate your brother in your heart. Okay? Remember what Jesus said about that. Jesus said if you hate your brother in your heart, you already murdered him. So don't hate your brother in your heart. Uh, here's one. Rebuke your neighbor's sin and do not join him in it. You say, what in the world's that? Okay, so, all right, let's say here, let's say Rob's a hippie. Okay? What's a hippie? Okay? All right. All right. So let's, let's say Rob is my local man who's really enjoying life and and I recognize that, you know, Rob, you shouldn't be smoking that weed, okay? And um, what the text is telling me is I'm to rebuke Rob, because he's a brother. Rob, don't be doing that. And the reason why I don't do it is Scripture talks about that. The reason why we confront is to help them, but also to protect ourselves, because we may give in to the temptation to what? Yeah, because Rob may say, well, come on, George, just take a toke. And I'll say, well, maybe one. I'm joining him in it, right? All right, now you understand? Rebuke your neighbor. Don't join him in it. That command is actually in the New Testament. Did you understand? Well, I mean, that's a funny one, okay? All right. But do you understand what it's saying? You're, it's saying you rebuke them, but don't join them. Because if you're... We're, we are relational beings, and the greatest temptation you'll have is to join your friends or whatever in what you're doing. It's called what, folks? Peer pressure, right? This is a prohibition about not giving into peer pressure, except to not do it with regards to sin, okay? So rebuke your neighbor, and again, it is stressed in the New Testament. It's stressed in the New Testament. Oh, by the way, if you listen to the podcast, we have a Finding Clarity podcast where we answer a question each week. And last week's question is, is, is it unloving to tell someone they're sinning? And so we talk about the whole issue in the podcast about confronting someone, how to do it, what manner to do it, why you would do it. And, and this is the reason why. You, you, you confront them because you want to always, confrontation in the Bible is about restoring them to a relationship with Christ. Okay? Understand that. Always, when you tell somebody about their sin, it's about getting them to have a relationship with Jesus or restoring them to a relationship. But the second reason why you do it is so that you guard yourself against what? Joining them in it. Because you're going to be tempted as well, okay? Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 is an excellent text to look at concerning uh, how to handle somebody who's not doing right in an area. All right, let's continue on. Do not seek vengeance. Hey, that's natural, right? Somebody does you wrong, you want to what? Retaliate, okay? Don't seek vengeance. That's stressed over and over. Um, don't hold grudges. We don't have a problem with that, do we? Okay. Don't hold grudges and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So the text there in those verses are going to stress that you don't hold grudges and you love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. 
Now, when we come to the next part of chapter 19, verses 19 through 37, we're going to see some various laws and regulations that are given. And so some of these I'm going to have to explain to you, okay? Some of them I'm going to have to explain to you. What does that mean? So first of all, you're going to see prohibitions against mixing. Well, there you go, George. No mixed bathing. That's not what it's talking about here. All right? What is it talking about? Well, you can't mix different types of material together. You can't mix wool with cotton. Okay? You can't mix certain animals of a herd with another type of animal. That's what it's talking about. It's it is a prohibition about mixing things like that. So your garments, in fact, we'd all be in trouble here, wouldn't we? Because all of our garments are a mixture of a lot of different things, right? Is anybody here wearing a, a pure wool garment here today? I'm not seeing anybody scratch it. Did you know what I'm saying? Because that, you know, it's real itchy. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, mine's 100% cotton, George. Yeah, but what are your jeans? Do you know what I'm saying? Or is, is your pants polyester? Do you know what I'm saying? Or a mixture of stuff there. A rayon. So you can't mix, all right? Here's, here's one. This is a weird one. It's like, what? I thought we already talked about this under the sexual thing. Well, no. Here's one. Uh, you are prohibited from lying with another man's concubine. And if you do that, there is something you're supposed to do. It's not death, but you're supposed to make a sacrifice. You're supposed to make it right. Now, some of you are like, what is a concubine? Okay. Well, a concubine is almost like, it's like a wife, but it's not. It's like a half-wife. So men would have concubines. They may have a wife, but they also would have a concubine. The, that basically meant that, that she didn't have the privileges of the wife. Nor would her kids have the privileges of the wife. Okay, so let's say we have a guy here, we'll call him Jake. We have Jake here because I don't want to pick on anybody here, okay? We have Jake here. Jake's got a wife, and we'll call the wife uh, Bertha, okay? And he's got a concubine, Betty Lou, all right? Now, Bertha has three kids. They're, got, they're, they're his kids, but Betty Lou's got three kids. In their culture... Betty Lou's kids, because she's the concubine, don't have the same rights as the children from the wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? She's a half-wife. Problem is, is that in their culture, it was a way, she's basically a sexual item. Did you understand what I'm saying? A sexual item. I saw a hand back there. Yes, it did. But so did polygamy. Did you understand what I'm saying? And they allowed for polygamy. Yeah, it would create a lot of problems. It was not God's design. God designed it to be one man, one woman for one lifetime, right? But because of, and it, it comes out, Moses even says, like, for the reason of divorce, it was because of the hardness of men's heart. Men are hard-hearted people. So they had a system that allowed for that. Now, the greatest example of the extreme of this system is King Solomon, who had what? 1,000 wives. 
you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to be honest with you. It's not because he loved them personally, okay? It's it's because of whatever. I mean, 300 wives, 600 concubines. Seriously, okay? Um, yeah, so this is one of the laws there, okay? Let's go on. Um, there is a law concerning the period of uncleanness for fruit trees in the land. What do you mean? So when they went into the land, they would displace the people who are already there. They would kill them or wipe them out, or they would move from there. And so they would basically be taking over the land. And so on that land, people maybe already had an orchard planted, fruit trees or olive trees and so forth. So there was a law here that stipulated that for three years, you were not to eat from those trees. You were not to partake from the fruit of those trees for three years. Does that seem odd to you? Why would that be? Anybody have any clue why that would be? It's because of the paganism of the people who were there before. It's because that more than likely, a lot of like Baal worship and stuff are to agrarian gods for fertility. So probably... It is giving a period of time for that those that produce to become clean because maybe it's unclean because something was dedicated to a god, something was sacrificed near there. Not that the blood from an animal would mean anything, John, but that that was dedicated. So it gave it three years for a period of cleanness. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's what they were to do. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you right now because... Were there some who did that? I'm sure. Were there some who decided, okay, I'm, I've had it. I like those apples after a year and they ate, you know, whatever. Probably because the law is hard to keep, right? The law is hard to keep. I'm not making excuses, but I'm just telling you that that's what they were supposed to do. Again, notice now there is a prohibition against eating blood again and practicing divination. Anybody know what divination is? Astrology, witchcraft, seeking mediums, reading the cards, casting, you know, lots to figure out what fate is going to be. That's divination. Okay? So they were forbidden from doing that. All right, you guys ready for this one? It's in the Bible. Laws concerning haircuts and beards. And it's not what you think. It's not like, don't have a beard. No, it's telling you not to clip your beard. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Or not to clip your hair in a certain way. Don't, you know, you've seen some of the hairdos where they got shaved sides on their head. You can't do that. Okay? You can't do that. Alright? If you're Jewish. Alright? If you're Jewish. Alright? So, um, here's one. Cutting one's flesh. So these pagan practices included cutting, okay, and tattoos. It was forbidden from tattoos. Now, I remember as a young Christian when I got saved, 1985, in an independent Baptist church, I was told that nobody could have tattoos because of this law. How many of you heard that kind of thing? Okay, you've heard that kind of thing. That's not what it's talking about here, okay? It's not what it's talking about. First of all, what it's talking about here is, again, they're to be distinct from what? The other cultures. 
and the other cultures used tattoos to mark themselves tribally or something. Do you understand? So when you go down to the ink shop, whichever it is here in our, we may have five of them, who knows? They're all over the place now. You know, that's not the kind of thing that it's talking about here. Okay? Uh, that's not it at all. All right, let's go on. Do not prostitute your daughter. No prostituting of your daughter. What do you mean? Still happens in the world today. You're not doing well financially. So you figure it's like pimping out your kids. Do you understand? It's pimping out your kids. Yes, that's wrong. God's saying don't do it. Here's the other one. Keep the Sabbath and revere the temple. Keep the Sabbath, revere the temple. Here's one. Do not regard mediums or familiar spirits. Well, what's familiar spirits? That's the demons. The spirits that you're talking to, don't regard them. Don't have anything to do with them. Here's one. Honor the elderly. You're to honor the elderly. Remember, honor your parents. Now you're supposed to honor the elderly. Don't mistreat a stranger. Now, in the, in the Old Testament context here, a stranger is somebody who's not Jewish, who's living among you, among the people of God. Don't mistreat them. Be just in judgment and measurement. So you can't have weighted scales. You can't have, you know, this is a cup, but it's not really a cup, you know, in your measurement. You got to be just in your judgment and your measurement. And then finally, in chapter 19, observe all of God's statutes. It's reiterated. Observe all of God's statutes. Let's go on. Uh, laws requiring capital punishment. Okay? So, uh, here, are the here are the religious sins deserving capital punishment. Verses 1 to 6. They're listed here. Child sacrifice. You pass your child through the fire, which means offering them to Moloch. It's very clear there. You were to die. Mediums and spiritism. Those involved with that were to die. Uh, then we see in verses 7 through 8, a call to holiness. Uh, now, here, this is one. Are you ready for this one? Family sins that are deserving death. Chapter 9 verses, chapter 20 verses 9 through 21. Here's the first one. Cursing your parents was deserving of death. We're going to see that in the book of Numbers where that actually happens. Okay? Adultery, deserving of death. Incest, homosexuality. Here's one, you, okay, I suppose my mind, we don't have that in our culture, but marrying the mother and the daughter. You can't marry the mother and then end up still marrying the daughter. That's, that's forbidden. That would be deserving of death. Bestiality, enough said. You know what, that's deserving of death. Here's one, illicit sexual relationships with extended family. So incest is within the immediate family. This would be sex outside of the immediate family. It's like a niece having sex with the uncle or, or a nephew having sex with his aunt or grandparent or something. Do you understand what I'm saying? That was deserving of death in Israel. Okay? All right, so then chapter 20, verses 22 to 26, we see a further call 
to holiness. Verse 27, God's really serious about this. Death penalty reiterated for mediums and spiritism. Now, can I stress to you, now this is three times we've seen in this text that God takes a serious view about occultism, astrology, spiritism, seances, all of that. It's deserving of death. So what do you get from that? What's the take-home from that? Don't get involved in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't get involved in it. That's the point. Okay? All right, let's go on. Uh, here's restrictions concerning priestly service. We'll just go through these real quick. Chapter 21, verses 1 to 24. Concerning mourning and the marriage of ordinary priests. So how, what they're supposed to do during a period of mourning. Who can an ordinary priest marry and the restrictions concerning that? Concerning mourning and marriage of the high priest. We see that in verse 10 through 15 of chapter 21. Concerning physically defective or deformed priests. Now, if you had a handicap of any sort, you could not serve in the temple. Well, that's being awfully rude of God. No, he had a reason for that. Okay? He had a reason for that. It's explained there. All right? Then we're going to see some more regulations concerning sacred offerings. Okay? So, verses 1 to 9 of chapter 22, concerning the eating of sacred offerings by the priests. Chapter 22, verses 10 through 16, concerning the eating of sacred offerings by non-priests. Now, what's a non-priest? Anybody who's not a priest. Okay? And chapter 22, verse 17 to 23, Restrictions and limitations concerning the sacrifices. Okay? All right. 